This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Absolutely. I'm hoping I'm sounding all right now. Am I sounding fine? Clear? Good? It's like, I was just telling the boys off air. It's so mad. Like, it's not even my laptops are broken. The engineers are broken. They can't even bring the right equipment to fix things. So hopefully it's going to be either tomorrow or Monday now. I feel like I've been telling you updates about my about my mic for the last month. But uh, yeah, hopefully it's going to get fixed very soon. Uh, Mike, how you doing, Hertz? Are we good? Here I'm doing great, man. I mean, it's it's hard to be in a bad mood after after a first game back in the Tampa League after so many years, and not only that, the quality of performance. So, uh, unfortunately, I'm one of those weird people where football could derail my my day for a little bit for a few hours when, when in a really bad result. So, fortunately for me, I had the privilege of driving my daughter crazy after I picked her up and talking to her about something she has no no say in at all. So. But wonderful, man. It's it's nice, nice seeing us perform, and it's always nice being back on the pod. Absolutely, good to have you both. Uh, Sophie is going to be along uh, shortly. She's just finishing up a show on her uh, channel, Hybrid Squad. So make sure you go back and catch up on that after you've listened to this, if you haven't already tuned into that as well. Um, but we are talking, of course, uh, the evening after, well, the evening for me, uh, the early afternoon for these guys, um, regarding what happened last night at the Emirates Stadium with Arsenal returning to the Champions League with a very, very good win over PSV. Jared, it was probably the perfect return. Did you expect such a seamless return to the tournament? You always hope for a seamless return. What you get oftentimes doesn't live up to that expectation, but yesterday certainly did. To see the team go out there in the first Champions League game where we don't have a lot of guys with experience there. I think being at home at the Emirates probably helped a lot, having the home crowd behind, but to go out, win 4-0, uh, keep a clean sheet at home, which is something we've struggled with in the past, to come away with no new injuries, it, it really was a perfect start. So it, it's very hard to be anything but but happy today about how yesterday went, that's for sure. Absolutely, yeah. And I can't be anything other than really excited and, you know, in anticipation of what Arsenal do in this tournament because there are, for me, only really three teams I look at and in Bayern and Man City and Real Madrid and think, yeah, if we got knocked out by them, I'd go, yeah, fair enough. Um, 
but really anybody else, and I include the likes of PSG and Barcelona and Dortmund in that, I feel like we've got a really good shot depending on the teams and the draws that we get so far. Um, Mike, how did you feel about our return? Absolutely buzzing, what are you man. Laughing at? What's, what's going on in the chat box? <laughs> no, I was I was just laughing. I was trying to figure out what year this was when you said you weren't really concerned with like PSG and Barcelona. And, I, and I, like my mind, like it's a laughter of like joy to like, holy It's also in 2023, baby. That's what it is. <laughs> It's just, it still blows my mind to hear that, but it's true. The fact that we're we're fourth favorites to win the competition is actually mind blowing. But uh, thrilled, mm. Tom. I, I can't say that I was as optimistic going in because I had that is our too young, is our squad too young jitters going into the game, and that was just completely erased in the, in a span of ten minutes. The the Emirates was absolutely electric. The atmosphere was wild. And the team met that electricity in the stadium with an electric performance. And we just dominated for the entire 90 minutes. It's absolutely amazing to see a game play out in that manner. We got to see some super subs come in, some favorites. It was just a wonderful performance. And I can't be more thrilled that we're back. And not only we were back, we we hit that stamp, that stamp of approval. Of like, not only do we did we make it back to the Champions League, we belong here. And that and just hearing the fourth favorites in the PSG and the Barcelona conversation. It's an exciting time to be a fan, honestly. Yeah, I really am. I really am. It was weird. I got a little emotional yesterday with the, with the anthem. Um, I saw, you know, I think TalkSport even tried to, I saw, I think it was Gabby Agbonlahor was, was asked about it and said like, uh, what do you think about Arsenal fans singing the Champions League theme tune? And it's like, just let us enjoy it. Just just let us enjoy this. Um, and the fans really did enjoy it. Uh, I was listening to the vision earlier on and Tim Stillman talking about the fact that, you know, he walked into the stadium 10 minutes before kickoff and everyone is there. Like it wasn't a case of, the game kicks off and people are still filtering in like everyone was there 10 minutes before kickoff because they wanted to see the lights the 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 north london uh, uh forever came on you know early as well the angel came on um early as well because they i was speaking to uh so one of the guys who does a lot of the management of the sound system and stuff beforehand peter who, who people know um and uh he said like there's obviously a lot of rules and regulations when it comes to uefa tournaments and stuff so you know music wise and you have to call it the arsenal stadium you can't call it the emirates stadium and stuff like this it's some really interesting kind of uh, le- legislation, I suppose, uh, behind it. And that obviously meant that we had to play a North London Forever early and um, the light show happens before and then you have the the, uh, the Champions League anthem and that's the last thing that can be played before things kick off. So, yeah, that's why at Anfield you would have seen, well, you won't say this season, haha, but you would have seen in previous seasons, um, you know, you'll never walk alone being played before the, the anthem of the Champions League being played. So it's the same situation here. But it was a, a great night. Um, I wasn't too impressed by PSV, Jared, to be honest. Um, I I spoke to Luke de Jong after the game and I asked him and said, do you think you approached the game in perhaps maybe the wrong way? And he, he didn't necessarily agree, but he did admit that Arsenal were great at kind of picking up the, the, the free man and always creating space when PSV, whenever they tried to press them. And do you feel as though, how much emphasis do you put on Arsenal's individual performance and also how open the opposition were? Well, if you ask me the same question, I'd say they did approach it in the wrong way. Yeah. And it's hard to do yeah. that after the fact. But it's 
a, a phenomenal performance by them. And you come away from it thinking that Arsenal is as good as we all think that we were coming into the season. As far as our group, to me, PSV is is the toughest opponent for us to win the group. Um, I think they outpace Sevilla and they certainly outsee Lon, uh, outpace Lons pretty easily. So if anything for us, the group stage got easier, not just because we're the first with three points and have a plus four goal differential, but because as this thing moves forward, you look at a team like Lons, if, if they're playing three games in eight days the way we are, they might look at a midweek game at the Emirates and say, maybe we should rotate in that one and try and save our save our shots for when we're playing Sevilla and PSV to try and get any points out of the group. So it was a, a dominating performance from beginning to end. And I, I think there was an emphasis. I saw a lot of talk of would we rotate? How much would we rotate leading up to the game? And I think Mikel Arteta understands the importance of getting off to a good start in the Champions League, especially when you're managing a team that hasn't been there in more than half a decade to go out there and sort of stamp your place and say, not only are we here, but we belong here. And, you know, kind of to quote the famous Conor McGregor, you know, we're not here to take part. We're here to take over. They, they go into it with the idea that we're here not to, you know, try and get out of the group stage or try and stick around for a while. We approach it with the attitude that we're here to win the competition, which is what it should be and what we all wanted to see. And I think as far as impressive performances in week one, you got to put Arsenal right up at the top of the list with, with anyone in the competition. <laughs> Comment from Guda Works says, I'm impressed by PSV. I'm impressed that they had the balls to try and play us at our own game. Love it. <laughs> Which is, you know, Peter Bosch was speaking ahead of the game in the press conference, said they were going to play with courage. I would have called it naivety more than courage, uh, I think. Um, but yeah, it was... Uh, in the end, it turned out to be a very, very um, frustrating night for them. Mike, obviously, there was a lot of individual things to discuss. I talked a lot about kind of the individual things on, on this morning show, and I do want to talk more about the themes of, of the evening than individual specificities. And I think one of the biggest themes of the night was the continuation in goal of, of David Raya. Um I was surprised that he started. And this morning, for those that watched... I was really torn about how to describe my feelings about Raya starting the game. Because in my mind, ahead of the kick and I was talking to Harry about this in the in the press room with, with um, it was me, Harry and Andy Brass were talking about it. It was talking about how I felt it'd be a mistake to start Raya in some ways, because I think it would generate even more of a talking point if, if he started. So when he inevitably did start, it was a case of, oh, wow, that's brave. Uh, you know, a lot more brave than the way PSV played uh, is what I would describe it as. But Hertz, what did you make of the decision? And I'm not going to ask whether you think it was the right one, but just tell me your thoughts around, you know, the, the decision that ultimately ended up being made. Shoot, I'm torn myself because I, I started off with not not seeing David Raya play a league game. And then when it mm. happened, I was like, and then I'm like, okay, he's they're going to rotate. He's surely coming back into Champions League. Oh, crap. Again. <laughs> and here we are, right? So two games in a row with a massive game coming up with the North London Derby. So to your point, as far as how I feel, not what I think is correct, um, I, I'm split. And I think there's a conversation to be had as far as ruthlessness in the elite level of the of football. And... I saw a brilliant tweet, Tom, and it says, do you trust the process or do you trust the process when your favorite players play? And I thought that was brilliant. And that's how I'm going to approach this. And it's a really difficult thing because Ramsdale is by far a fan favorite for 
many reasons. And I don't think he's nearly as bad as some might potentially say, especially after the the arrival of Raya. I, I totally get a few criticisms of him and you know players are going to have flaws i completely understand that but it's a difficult for one for me to process but ultimately at the end of the day my feelings arrive to do what's best for the team and anybody that's in this live chat anybody that you two know i'm a, a ma- massive smith Rowe fan right and but i i can't justify starting smith Rowe over trossard either for as much of a fan that i am so ultimately i'm going to lean towards the sporting side of this and say that the majority of metrics in which you could view and review a goalkeeper david raya seems to be excelling in most and you know shot stopping is one of the biggest criticism that ramsdale has faiths you know and fortunately unfortunately for ramsdale david raya seems to be a little bit more um calm compose if you will he does he doesn't jump to the conclusion or try to predict shots instead he holds his position and has a greater saving rate so yeah uh heart a little bit torn and i think this is going to be something that happens as our team evolves and we get more we get less deadwood if you will as as fans like to say and more fan favorites and we start looking at the bench and we're like holy crap we have quality all around and then you start to get into the Martinelli versus Trossard, you know, Vera versus Havertz, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a difficult one for me to take because I, I am huge on vibes. And mm. if we're going by vibes, I'm a Ramsdale guy, but I need to put on my big boy hat, so to say. And I'm okay with a statement of saying that Raya is a slightly better, if not better outright keeper than Ramsdale. And because of that, you, you got to go with what wins games, Gan. That at the end of the day, uh, results will cure all bad feelings. They will. They certainly will. Uh, speaking of curing things, uh, let's cure this um, <laughs> this one sided gendered panel uh, by bringing Sophie into the fold. How are you doing, Sophie? I'm, I'm very well. How are you? Very well, very well indeed. Sorry, uh, I sensed that you'd finished your show. There was, I don't know what it was. I just, in the ether, something told me that the hybrid squad had finished. I had no symbol or signal whatsoever, but somehow I knew that it had. <laughs> I love How it. are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, are there some, I'm, I've had to come on my phone because I'm having absolutely, in, I just put like my, I, I was telling them I put internet in my parents' house. Uh, well, souped up internet that I thought was souped up, but clearly not. Uh, so I'm on my phone, but um, hopefully some of the squaddies did follow. Uh, so here we are. Just just a couple. Uh, <laughs> just just a couple of no plenty of them squaddies uh, at ease, guys. Thank you so much for, for tuning in and, and joining us this evening for uh, the next half an hour or so. Um, but Sophie, we were just discussing, um, we're just getting on to the Raya Ramsdale uh, thing, which I know that you've, you've given your thoughts on, on HS about. But what I want to kind of discuss is whether you think Arteta made the right decision not giving Ramsdale what I felt in some ways, would have been a deserved reward for helping Arsenal qualify for the Champions League. Yeah, I was just um, talking to Dave Seeger and, and Mark and Magic about it. And you know, I, there's an image I used for our thumbnail today, and it was a picture of the team um, in our first Champions League game since when, seven years ago. And there was something about it that kind of, I don't know, you know, like, 
it just felt it felt weird seeing Raya with you know Ben White and Odegaard and Gabriel Jesus and Saka and Saliba and Zinchenko it it just felt awkward and I'm not saying that Raya isn't a better goalkeeper than Ramsdale um but when Arteta talks about loyalty and he talks about you know rewarding players who do well it just seems like maybe you know he picks and chooses who those players are. I felt like Aaron Ramsdale has been a sensational goalkeeper for the Arsenal. I think that, yes, he's made a couple of key mistakes. I think that Southampton mistake has just sat with Mikel and he's never forgiven him for it. There's something about that mistake that he just can't let go. Um, and at the end of the day, if Ray is going to make us a better, a better team. I'm all for that. I just felt like two years in after dreaming of being in the Champions League, it felt like that was such a ruthless move. Um, but this is what football's like, Tom. And um, it just felt like, wow, that image should have been a little bit different. Um, so that's my that's my take on it. And it's not about favouritism. I just feel like he deserved the shot to start that game the other night. I agree. Uh, I think he absolutely deserved it. Like, look, if Arsenal are in the Champions League final tomorrow, I'm picking Raya all day, personally. I think he's a slightly better goalkeeper. I think he's calmer um, than, than Ramsdale is in certain moments. But I think that there are attributes in Ramsdale that are better in certain situations uh, than Raya. I think one-on-one -on -one situations, I think Ramsdale is clear. I think he's really good in those. I think he's saved us. He's been really clutch for us. He's already done that this season. You think about when Adama Traore ran through for Fulham. Um, and saved a really important moment for us. Um, so it's 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 hard when you like a player so much. But as you said, Hertz earlier, you know, when you talk about you know the trust the process, but only when the players you like are playing, sort of thing. But Arteta's vision, philosophy, process has got us to where we are now. And you know, just because he's changed the goalkeeper, because I like the goalkeeper that he swapped out, it doesn't mean I'm going to suddenly waver away from thinking we're not still on the right pathway. It's just, it's just one of those difficult, more difficult things we've kind of got to uh, take with that. Jared, you've not had your thoughts on on this yet. Give me, give me them. So I'm kind of in the same mind as all of all of you. Your, your heart says one thing because you appreciate what Ramsdale did to help us get our opportunity to get back into the Champions League, but. Raya, I think, is perceived as and, and probably is the better goalkeeper. Tom, you, you sort of took the words out of my mouth. Um, when talking about the two, my, my thought is, what does Raya or what does Ramsdale do better than Raya? And it's not a whole lot of things. As you said, the one on one when a player when typically when we've made a defensive error and a player's through one on one, Ramsdale's exceptional in those. He saved us on a number of occasions, and I think he does it really well. But I think Raya makes more sense going forward. And coming into this week, as you said, I actually thought we might see Ramsdale for last night's game and then uh, Raya start the North London Derby. We didn't see that. So now it kind of feels like we're going to see Raya. While we say we have two number ones, I would say Raya is the one and Ramsdale is the 1B. The uh, I think we're going to see Raya at the weekend, Ramsdale probably in the Brentford Cup match, which both guys are going to get a lot of minutes, but when you look at the fixtures they're getting, it, it's pretty clear which guy's getting the the more difficult or more important fixtures. So it's hard to say that Raya isn't looking like he's going to be the number one going forward. And and I'm fine with that. For, for years, all the fans have said is we want to be contenders for the Premier League. We want to be contenders for the Champions League. We want to be in Europe's elite. 
And the, the term that both Soph and, and Mike used is, is ruthless. And it is ruthless to drop Ramsdale in a game that a lot of people felt, felt like he earned an opportunity to play in. But if you want to compete with Europe's top teams, you've got to go out and perform well in those competitions. And especially being the first match back, I don't think Arteta wanted to take any chances in that game. I think he wanted to go out there, make a statement, put his best available 11 out there and and make a statement to the rest of the group that we're the group winners and everybody else is playing for second. And I think he did a good job of doing that. Look, we can't have our cake and eat it. We can't want Arsenal to be this ruthless team that are going to progress towards the level that we want them to be and then complain by Arteta playing a keeper that he thinks is is superior. Um, Tom. What I think we can do is, though, is talk about how it still makes us feel and that we talk about these kind of internal conflicts that, that these decisions create. And I don't think there's anything wrong with thinking that Ramsdale deserved to start this game. I don't think there's anything wrong with questioning if it was the right decision on kind of a, a person of it because yes we talk about the footballing side but at the end of the day these guys are also human beings and you you have to think about the social side of the game as well and I don't think that Ramsdale being there instead of Raya changes the result last night from 4-0 to 4-1 or 4-2 I, I think that the, the, the way in which Raya was tested every single situation Raya was tested in I am very confident that Ramsdale would have acted in exactly the same way you know um it's when Raya comes into the situations where he is going to be tested, like Ramsdale was throughout the course of last season, where I'm going to be really interested to see how he responds. And I'm hoping to see an, an even better response to justify the selection. And, you know, I, I think that what we've seen from him at Brentford tells us that we will see that. So I, I'm excited to see when that that takes place. But, yeah, I, I just don't think... I don't agree with, let's say, Lone Star in the chat says it's a completely a false discussion. It's not a false discussion because you've got four people sitting here, you know, that all have a, a similar feeling of that there was something to be said about Ramsdale playing this game. Sophie, I feel like you want to... We say that we didn't win the league last season because of Aaron Ramsdale. Because I think if anyone says that, it's ridiculous, Yeah, to be honest. That's what it feels... That's what the narrative feels like. And I think one of the things I said on our show was what I don't like is this trashing of Ramsdale. Like, Mm. and this... All of a sudden... Martinelli had to earn it. I remember arguing with Super Kev on our show. Why isn't he playing him? Why isn't he playing him? And of course, you know, he's a young player who's taking care of him, but he had to earn it. Eddie and Ketia had to earn that contract. He had to earn, um, you know, his role. Even Ben White had to prove himself. Like, you know, there are play. It feels to me like Raya may be the better goalkeeper, but has mm. he earned it yet at the Arsenal? And yeah. That's the issue I have. So I think he's set a precedent um, and he's going to have to deal with that. And I, the question I asked on our show was, let's just say that Ramsdale comes back in for the North London derby and there's a mistake. What are people going to do then? You know, what, what will people do if that happens? You know, prediction, I, this conversation is going to go on the entire season. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> there's I, no way out of it. I think that the issue that I've got with people that want to dismiss any discussion about Raya starting over Rams in this game is that there were so many people last season that said Arteta didn't rotate enough. And when we had injuries and players came in cold, we suffered. And so the only reason I think here is saying that in a goalkeeping situation where you can have a, a, a suspension or an injury if something happens and you have a goalkeeper coming in cold, you know, I don't want the people that, you know, have turned around and said, you've got to be ruthless and start rare in every single game and then go, well, if we played rare and if you played Ramsdale in some of the games, maybe he would have been better, you know, prepared to play. And I just think that 
I don't mind if in the, the knockout rounds, if he wanted to start Raya, and, and that's fine. You know, that lots of p- people do that. Lots of coaches do that. But I, yeah, I think there is a discussion to be had about the fact that Ramsdale deserved to start last night's game. You know, I, you know, I feel like I'm one of Arteta's biggest defenders on public forums and will praise him <laughs> a lot more than most will. So it is ironic that when there's one slight criticism I might have that it's then, oh, what are you talking about? But, you know, I, anyway, we'll put the uh, Raya Ramsdale stuff to one side. Let us know in the comment section down below what your thoughts are on that. If you're listening on Catch Up and hop over to YouTube, if you've been listening to audio platforms to leave your thoughts and feelings. So I do want to look ahead to the North London derby without the Raya-Ramsdale thing because I think that most of us would agree with I think we know that Raya is, is probably going to start that game. I've seen some people suggest online that they, they might see Ramsdale starting but I, I would be very surprised if Raya doesn't start on Sunday. Um, Mike, in terms of Spurs, they play away under Ange Postacoglu which I think is the most open of any Premier League team we've played this season. Do you think this is a game that people are underestimating perhaps how much of an advantage Arsenal could have in this one? Because Spurs are getting bigged up, as they tend to in the media, quite a lot. Yeah, uh, they're getting bigged up because they're one of the few teams that haven't lost a game, if I'm not mistaken. It's City, Liverpool, Arsenal, them. I think Arsenal has the quality to pull apart any team that does not want to play two banks of four. And we've noticed that slightly. And we saw like, well, Fulham, they tried to do it and two mistakes ultimately led to two of their goals. But Everton, we we struggled a little bit. We created chances and ultimately got a goal, but they played extremely defensive. And here comes a PSV that on paper, if you match up player to player, you can make an argument that they have a better starting 11 than Everton. But the difference is they came to play football. And so there's there's two ways this could play out. Spurs can, and I'm sounding extraordinarily cocky right now, Spurs can come and try to attack and get demolished yeah. or, or sit back and try to defend. And look, they could try to defend and count us on the counter, uh, catch us on the counter. It's it's something that that we've we've been susceptible to in the past and this season alone, but... Starting both Gabriel and Saliba with their athleticism and the their manner in which in which they can erase mistakes and their speed, it makes me extraordinarily confident. So I think we're gonna put this one to bed, Tom. I think Spurs is gonna attack us, which is cool because it's gonna make for a really interesting game in overall, not just for Arsenal Spurs fan, but I think it's gonna lead to a lot of spectacular potential, spectacular goals. So I think we're going to put them to rest, man. I, I I have this theory with United that they're a ugly counter-attacking squad and they're going to crap the bed throughout the season. And I, I'm expecting it for Spurs too. They, their, their wins haven't been exactly brilliant wins either. They haven't put anybody to bed. And they've, had, they've faced essentially lower competition than us thus far. You could add United for a namesake, but... We're seeing as the season goes by, there's tons of issues in that squad. So I don't think they're the United of crap. I'm going to say like a decade ago. So at this point, because they don't seem to be steering in the right direction. But yeah, I think that there, there's a lot of posturing media stuff that's going on. And maybe because Arsenal didn't start this season, the first three, four or five games scoring, scoring so many goals instead of just squeaking out results. Uh, people were like, maybe we took a step back, but We've seen in the past, you know, Declan Rice is growing little by little. Uh, Zinchenko's back. We're a completely different team with Zinchenko. 
I have the utmost confidence that if a team comes to the Emirates and attacks us, we could eat them alive. Yeah, and we there's very good evidence of that based on what happened on Wednesday night uh, as well. And I think, you know, I th the worst thing about Spurs right now is that they've got a likable coach for the first time, which is really irritating. Um, so you know, I could really hate Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte, but Ange Postecoglou is really a likable fella. So it's frustrating um, that he's not a hateable guy because he's quite a nice chap. Um but hopefully he's naive enough to try and attack us uh, on Sunday. Let's keep those fingers crossed. Sophie, obviously Havertz came back into the game against um, against PSV. Vieira started, and I, I really liked his performance against Everton and, and his contribution to that game. How do you think Arteta should manage the construction of his midfield for the, the derby? Um, so I have also been looking for things to cling on to to start loathing Postacoglu and it's been really tough. But I found something just before I answer your question the other day. Uh, a Greek reporter from the North London newspaper, the Barigiagi, Harry Simeou will know it very well. He's probably been in it. Um, <laughs> asked him a question. Finally, they get the Barigiagi get into the press conference and they kind of go a little bit Greek on the questioning. Questioning, And I was really surprised by Postacoglu's response. He kind of was a little standoffish. And I was like, dude, give them a break. So that is what I'm clinging on to. I think that he yeah. has an edge. He may He's not dead be to me now. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair I enough. love that. Um, I wouldn't change the team going into um, the game against Spurs. I think he rested players enough. I think Havertz needed that game for the confidence. I actually thought Havertz had a really good game. Um, yeah. ESV. You know, I believe that Havertz is a player that works in the shadows. And a lot of Arsenal fans and previously Chelsea fans want him to work in the spotlight. And I think at Chelsea, because of all the turmoil that they've had. And because he scored the winning goal in a Champions League final, the spotlight kind of fell on him big time. Um, but he's exactly the type of player, and you can see Harry's piece that he did on Havertz tonight too. Um, really good kind of analysis on what he means to this team and how Arteta wants to use him. So why why change something um, that was just... Ruth I mean, there were, there could be two football wakes this week, Tom. Uh, we buried PSV. It was a football funeral, and there could be another one this Sunday. Uh, I just think this team is riding high in confidence. Declan Rice has made an insane difference to the side. Um, Saliba, Odegaard, Jesus, I call that the spine. The squaddies called me out for not including Declan Rice in that spine. Um, I also think like new players, you know, let's see them play 10 games, 15 games. Let's see them be brilliant for 20 games, right? But I wouldn't change anything. I would, you were at home. I think we're going to be up 3 0 by half time, and I think we'll beat them like 5 2. They'll have a mini 20 minutes of goodness in the second half where we, we tend to switch off. But our midfield is very strong. I know that Basuma has been decent for them. Um, the new guy whose name I can't pronounce, and I'm not going to slaughter uh, because, you know, Tom, I, I'm always guilty of that, uh, is pretty decent. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And Madison, of course, has started off, I think, there's no denying that he's been one of the best signings of, of the summer so far. Uh, but I just think they're going to get a bit of a humbling this Sunday. And it's the first North London derby we're going into where I may, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I have no fear. That's a great place to be. And that's what Arsenal have done is they've put themselves, especially at home in the derby, you know, our record at home in the derby has been very, very good. Um, and, the, the thing that we did last season was kind of end that hoodoo like we did this weekend with Everton uh, of of the away record in the derby as well. And when that comes around again next time, and we'll, we'll be able to kind of build upon that as well. And I mean, Jared, how, how important do you think last night's result was going into the derby itself and that momentum? Because I think Spurs would have looked at it and gone, well, great, we've got a whole week off, you know, Um Arsenal have had to go away to Liverpool and we've played a home game, you know, which we scraped through. The literal definition of scraping through against Sheffield United was that result. Um, but I actually think that maybe it's an advantage that Arsenal had that game in midweek and the performance that they did maybe will be a benefit. I would tend to agree now that we've seen the outcome. Having a midweek game is always a little bit tricky. If you go out there and you're flat, you don't play well and you're putting minutes on guys' legs, uh, headed into a weekend when you don't get a result, it's looked at as a disaster. When when you go out, dominate, go up 3-0 by half, and basically have the game closed out by then, where we're able to substitute guys early. Now you've got a game where you're coming off just a resounding, dominant victory. You've been able to rest the players you need to rest going into a to a big rivalry game, which you know I think the North London Derby at the Emirates is the biggest game of the season for Arsenal. They're all worth the same three points, but if there's one game I want to win, that's the one. You, you can't let Spurs come to the Emirates and go away with anything. So to have the momentum that we've had coming from the midweek game, roll that into this weekend, I, I think is massive. And I actually share the opinion of Sophie. I know a lot of people think we'll rotate more um, with these midweek games, which we made down the line. But for this weekend, I look at it as a, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, the way Spurs are playing, they're going to come out and potentially attack us the same way PSV did. And the hope is that our guys come out and carve them up the same way they did last night. And we have another game where Saka, maybe Jesus, some of those players put in a good 70 minutes, close the game out and, and still get a good amount of rest to where they're really not even picking up extra minutes in, in weeks like this. You know, with, with the added time we see now, most games, if they go the full 90, you're playing 100 plus. You know, we play three games in a week and you play 70 in all three of them. You're only playing about 10 more minutes in reality from the 200 of the full game. So it's not a huge difference if you're able to perform well and put teams away early, which if last night was any sign of things to come, we we may be able to do that and not really feel the same impact of those extra games as we thought we might have otherwise. Yeah, uh, I think that what certain players like Trossard will in particular take is, you know, now you've got two goals in two games. 
Saka's, you know, there was quite there was a few question marks you know, around Saka at the start of this season, um, especially with the in the, the the whole injury fiasco over the international break and concerns over his fitness to get that goal as well. And I look forward to seeing him go up against Adoji the same way I look you know forward to see Trossard go up against probably Pedro Porra. Um, that is going to be a very interesting matchup in those wide areas. I was uh, having a chat with Charles Watts earlier. He's got a show going out on his channel tomorrow. And the the midfield in particular, and winning that midfield battle, you know, Basuma's had a good start to the season. Uh, Saad has, has looked a better player than his last season. Obviously, Madison's Sean. But I, I feel like Declan Rice can take on two, three, four of midfielders and win that battle on his own with how good he's been. So... Him being in the derby, and I really do feel that's like the first test that Spurs have really had this season. The teams that they've played, your Burnleys, your Sheffield United, your, even Manchester United, you know, that they've played quote unquote easier opposition than, than Arsenal have so far, I think. So, yeah, let's let's kind of burst that bubble, if you like. Uh, we're going to go to the chat box and take some questions. Um, let's try and answer as many of these as we can. Tom, thank you so much for the kind donation. Um, hello, gentlemen. And now Sophie, of course. He sent this in before you joined, Sophie. So that's his get out clause uh, for that question. Hey, uh, how does our <laughs> <laughs> How does Arteta square this with Ramsdale? It feels dirty and wrong because even Raya will be the new number one or 1A or whatever. But this specific game, Ramsdale deserves a start. We did discuss this in quite a bit of detail. But just specifically on the conversation, Mike, between Arteta and Rams, do you feel like Ramsdale's the type that will kind of take this gallantly and try to fight back in a way and, and prove why Arteta's wrong to drop him? Or do you think this ends with him leaving next summer? Now, I think he had a brilliant interview where he said that he's been the keeper that come into the club and takes somebody else's position. So I think he understood the task very well at the beginning of the season. When Raya arrived, he knew it was going to be a battle. He knew that he had to up his game. He had a brilliant performance in the Community Shield, almost in response, if you will. Um, maybe I'm reading into that a little too much. But one of the things that was mentioned a lot was his penalty saving ability. And sure enough, he saves two in the Community Shield. I think he has a strong enough head and I don't expect him to be happy because if he was happy, he wouldn't be at the arsenal. That That's kind of how I, I view things, right? Like most of our bench players, rotational players, if you will, um, they're not happy and not getting game time, but every time they play, they play like the last game of their, their life, even if it's five or 10 minutes. So I have full faith that Ramsdale will, have the capability of understanding what being a goalkeeper is at a club at the level of Arsenal. And he understands that there's going to be a lot of competition and maybe David Raya was good, is going to play a few of the harder games, if you will, but I have no doubt that he's going to play more. Uh, I'm silly enough to think that the split might be 60, 40. I'll, I'll go, go as crazy to say Ramsdale is going to play a good 40% of the games. We will see him in the league again as well as Raya. We're definitely going to see him in cup games. That's kind of how I predict the the league going or the, the split for the goalkeepers going on this season. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Ramsdale is without a doubt the character that we know that he's, he's, he's a fighter and uh, he'll be the complete professional that we know he is and continues to play. I'm sure he'll play in that Brentford game in the Cowboy Cup and he just needs to show what he's capable of again and, and, and see what happens. Um, let's go into a couple more uh, just quickly nev any sign of martinelli on training there wasn't on uh tuesday when i was there but i haven't been since so i can't comment at the end of the week there's been no open training sessions this week other than that so uh don't know beyond 
Tuesday's absence. Uh, Clock Orange says, when do you think, Sophie, Arsenal will beat a big six team with more than five goals like City do at least once every season? I don't understand the question. <laughs> Tell me when it will be. That's as simple as that. I want a date, I want a time, and I want a club. That's that's all I'm asking. It's not October 8th versus City. Uh, <laughs> that's a big get. I, you know what? We talk about evolution and breaking ducks, right? Last season, we did so well doing that. We evolved. We did things that we hadn't done before. We we righted some wrongs. We We've done it at Everton. The next step for this team, beat Manchester City. And then you'll get the respect of everyone. If we get thrashed by them again, it's the same narrative. So I expect us to get a result against Manchester City. Um, and I, by, by result, I mean don't lose 4-1 or 5-1. Um, so, yeah, I, I fancy us to get a result against them. But I, as for the, that, um, I think Tottenham. I just gave you a prediction, right? 5-2. <laughs> Love that. I think that this is one of those games where you could see a seriously big scoreline. Uh, so let's let's wait and see what happens. Uh, moving to uh, Matt G. I think we'll try and go around the whole panel and then we'll come back to you again, Jared, for the next one. But who do you think Arteta's best signing has been in his three and a half plus years? Jared, who would you who would you go for? it's kind of tough when you say best signing. Do you mean the best player, the one who's had the most impact at their position? The first one that came to mind is what I'll give you, but just instant reaction based on what we got them for. Right now, it's hard to not say Leandro Trossard. Um, when you look at mm. the quality of the player we got for the price, considering the team he came from and the amount they usually get for players, I think looking at just over, what I don't know, just over 20 million in that range is what we paid for Trossard is an absolute steal. He's a phenomenal ball striker. He's technically adept. He understands the system. He understands spacing. He just, I, I have a hard time picking out anything he doesn't do well. And on top of that, his performances have been brilliant so far this year. So to, to get him from the club we bought him from at the price we got him, I think is a brilliant piece of business and, and should be right up there in this conversation. Mike? Almost forgot to unmute myself. I got, dude, Udegaard. We're calling, uh, that, was, calling a Jared now after last week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am thrilled with the footballing co career of Martin Udegaard. He is 10 times the player he was when he first came to us on loan. A uh, 30 mil. That has to be like one historically one of the most biggest robberies in world football. If you're, if you're like taking into account inflation and what players cost nowadays, to get a player that hits you with double-digit assists, double-digit goals, his shooting range has improved. His attack has improved. His his pressing has improved. He's a freaking quality player, man. So for me, it's thank goodness the Buendia thing. Uh, Tom and I both shared the losing our minds when he went to Ast to Aston Villa. Thank goodness Madison didn't arrive, and they're they're quality players in their own right. But Udegaard right now is hitting a a level that I just, I think the level in which he arrived versus the level he is right now is what blows my mind the most. Uh, he's been absolutely fantastic. So I, I, I got to go Udegaard with this one. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. Uh, and I was annoyed when you said it because I'm that person that if someone orders something at a meal, I can't order the same thing. So I can't pick Udegaard now you've picked him. So... <laughs> Uh, I, I, I but before we go to, to Soph, Mike, I'm just going to let you shoot off now because I know you've got to shoot. Uh, but thank you 
uh, for jumping on with us and, and coming on the show. It's always an absolute pleasure to have you. Tell people where they can find you, mate. Thanks so much. Really appreciate that. You can find me on the Gunners podcast with Mike, Jared, Ass, and Andy, even though I like to pretend Andy doesn't exist in the podcast. Also, not I don't think he exists in real life anymore, to be honest. He's not. He doesn't exist on the podcast. He's a chat GPT created character is my theory is what I'm going to go with. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I have my own podcast, uh, 3 a.m. UK on a a regular basis at uh, Wednesday morning. I have started (laughs) fitting in midday shorter chats with my good mate Chris on the podcast. It's called Not Another Arsenal Podcast. So we're, we're... we're almost up to daily con- daily content, believe it or not, which I never thought was doable, but almost there. It's difficult to survive in this world, but honestly, anytime we could get on the horn 30, 40 minutes and talk to the Arsenal, who doesn't want to talk about the Arsenal? So yeah, that's that's it. Not another Arsenal podcast. Really, truly appreciate you having me on, Tom, as always. It's been a blast, dude. Of course, mate. Yeah, I thought that we started the earliest podcast on by a morning, and then I saw yeah. James from AFTV does uh, he releases something at six a.m. now, and now it turns out Hertz is going for three a.m. Everyone's got one up me. I just see how let's, it is. You let's know? set an alarm, people. <laughs> let's not be lazy about this. <laughs> Cheers, pal. I appreciate your time. We'll speak to you soon. Later, guys. Myself, Jared, Tom. Later, chat. You've been awesome. Lovely stuff. So, favorite or best. Uh, Arteta sign. I suppose best was the question rather than favourite. So who's been the best Arteta signing? Um, I think taking Jesus and Zinchenko from Manchester City is incredible. And when you look at what we pay for them as well, Tom, I mean, talk about stealing from clubs. We stole Odegaard, we stole Zinchenko, we stole Thomas Partey even um, for the price that he was in the and what he has meant to this team. Um and I'm, I, I, and it may be obvious because they've been so, so brilliant. For me, the, the player that I think has had the, such major impact gets very little respect and is totally underappreciated is Benjamin White. I don't understand when Benjamin White is going to get some kudos. He was brilliant the other night. He has been so good. He's so improved. He's so versatile. Um, as well. We haven't even seen him in that kind of midfield role he played a few times for Brighton. I mean, he's, he's, he's shifted to a right-back role, came in to play centre-back. I, I just think that he is, and he stayed quiet about the whole England thing. The fact that he doesn't get picked for England is just bizarre to me. Yeah. And it's great for the Arsenal. So, I think he he's another player that works in the shadows, Benjamin White, and he doesn't get a lot of credit. But my goodness, what a signing he's been for the club. And Another market value uh, player. If you sell him on, you're going to make bank. Same with Ramsdale, same with Tomiyasu, same with Jesus, same with Zinchenko. We actually have a valuable team on paper now as well. And I just think Benjamin's been amazing. Yeah, I think it's a great pick. Um, he He's mastered the art of avoiding media as well. Um, just He's made himself so uninterviewable. Uh, that, that just... <laughs> He just walks straight through the mix. I know and Pete, no one makes a peep towards him because they're like, yeah, he's just what's the point? <laughs> I'm gonna try. Oh. I'm gonna try. Um dark arts. Yeah. Say again, sorry. He's good at the dark arts. He is good, but he's got yes, some- he, is. he knows how to play the game. Um yeah, he does. Uh, I love the celebration in front of Neto like, when he just went up because he punched him, didn't he? Neto like punched him <laughs> in the back of the head. And he just went up and just celebrated in front of him. That was great. Um, my 
my best, I, I would choose Odegaard, but Mike was a thief and stole it. So uh, I'm going to go with Gabriel Magalhaes uh, as my decision. Reason being is that he was the first major investment that Arsenal made under Arteta. Yes, we brought in Cedric and Marie and, and Willian at the beginning of, of that summer, but he's the first player we spent you know a, a sizable amount of money on. And it just kind of, for me, set the tone for the strategy in the market of what we would come to expect from from Arteta's Arsenal, which is to buy young, buy potential, buy players that, for me, that the club had been crying out for for so long. We needed to buy a centre-back and we'd known we needed to improve our centre-back for a long time. The same as the central midfield. And it's ironic that that same summer, of course, it was Partey that followed Gabriel in 2020. So for me, Gabriel, I would choose behind Odegaard as just being the guy that set the tone for the recruitment under Arteta of a young profile that made a significant difference to the position that he was signed for and that has been consistent, really. Yes, there's been some errors, sure, but he's, you can't say he's not been consistent. I think he, behind Saka, he's like the highest consecutive starter under Arteta. So, yeah, for me, Gabriel Magalhaes is, is, would be my pick. Um, right. We've got 10 minutes of the show left, um, so we'll take a couple more before we uh, finish on our, our health focus. So... Uh, this is where I now frantically scroll back into the chat box to see what I've missed whilst you've all been throwing in your own suggestions. A lot of people are shouting out uh, Erdegaard as, as their best choice, and I don't blame them. Um, and as a, as a convert from the beginning, I'm very happy to see plenty of people doing so. Uh, DJ Assassin says, Jared, do you think Arteta is already planning on making more signings in January? And if so, what kind of signings do you think he will want? I'm sure there's a list of players he would potentially look at. It I'm wouldn't be sure. September without a question about transfers, would it, Jared? Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, it piggybacks well off the last one. I'm sure there's a group of players. And, and when you look at the group we all just named, I think we named off five players in that last round of the best signing. I think the only one of those we paid north of $30 million for was Gabby Jesus. So I'm sure we've got a list of reasonably priced players that we think fit into the team well. And they've they've mm. picked those out remarkably well as far as whether or not there's plans to sign them right now, unless we have some further serious injury issues, I'm not sure that we need a lot in January. Obviously the timber injury is a major hit party. will be back by then. And we've got a lot of squad depth. When you, when you look at the bench, the last couple of games, there's been a lot of firepower there and there's hasn't been, and I haven't been able to say this in previous years. When you look at the starting 11 and then you take a look down at the bench, it hasn't felt like it's lacking this season there's not an area where you say we don't have a strong player to come on and fill that position if needed so you know knock wood if there's no serious injuries i don't think there's a major need in this squad right now because we're deep enough now even with timber out you're on the borderline if you're a mill smith row of making the squad you're on the borderline if you're reese nelson and these are quality players who have had major contributions and they're barely making the uh the game day squad now so i just don't think there's enough room unless somebody decides they want to move on or sales come in and that sort of thing but as it sits now i think our squad's what it's going to look like for most of the year yeah i think i look at right wing and go who you know if saka was to get injured i think that's the one error i go naturally i know we've got you mentioned nelson i think he's a great player to come on for us and Vieira obviously came on against psv and played on that right hand side as well because he's the only left footer really that you can play on in that position. I think Jesus can rotate in that area if you want to play Enketia up front or Havertz up front. 
Um, the timber injury obviously has hurt us. There's no doubt about that. And he would have imagine if we'd have had timber this. It's so gutting that we lost him. Imagine if timber was in this squad. It would have been such an, an extra boost. Um, to see Zinchenko and Timber in the same team. I think I look at this team and think that's feasible. I didn't think it was balanced enough, but I, I look at this team now with Rice as, as powerful as he is. I think, you know, I think we could play with Timber and Zinchenko in this team. And I think it would be quite magical. But yeah, we're going to have to wait quite a while before that. I think we've got the perfect question uh, to end the show, uh, the Q&A section from Penny Ween, of all people. Sophie, if the Highbury Squad viewers are called the Squaddies, what are the TG tiers called? Oh, I mean, are they talkies? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the talkies. <laughs> Go the, the old movie route. They could be the Goonies. The Goonies. Yeah, I don't think they'd appreciate that <laughs> somehow. <laughs> I mean, it's like the I used warrior. to call them the TGT gang back in the day, but it's been a long time since I've said that. It's a great um, question. I love it. It's a brilliant question. It's, it makes me remember like that. It's the Warriors versus the Wanderers. It's like the Squaddies versus the. Well, you know, Mike had that show with Danny from a Bird Camp Wonderland. They called themselves, you know, riffing off us, the Roasties for the Sunday. Yeah. Roast. Sunday um, Roast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, have you thought about it, Tom? Have you, you know, married? Genuinely, it's never something. I, I've just called them the the valuable listeners that they are. <laughs> you know, so um, it's not. Maybe I'll have to have a think. Um, but, uh, yeah, as I said, I used, I used to say the TGT gang back in the day. Um, but, uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like they need a name. I'm not – they're not being called the peenies, that's that's for sure. <laughs> Certainly not peenie win. You're not having that, mate. It's not It's not happening. And, uh, yeah, but we'll have to – maybe the chat we'll, – we'll set up a channel in the Discord server and people can debate <laughs> what they want. Uh, and we'll do a power mirror and that's uh, – we'll, we'll go from there. Um, but, yeah, let's end the show as we always do for each sleep, ask and repeat on just having a bit of a, a personal chat a, a personal revelation about how things are in the world right now to as much as people would like to disclose um jared how is your personal journey going with whatever targets you've got for yourself and yeah tell us going good we talked last week i've been i've had a lot of free time lately so a lot of chance to get more on top of the fitness side i do a lot of cycling a little bit of lifting i know both of you have met me you wouldn't believe that when you see me but i do lift every once in a while uh, but this, past week, this boy uh, lifts. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, uh, the past week, I actually got a chance. Uh, a buddy of mine had a little free time, put the boots on, went up to the pitch and got to kick the ball around a little bit and just get outside and get some fresh air. So that was something I haven't done in quite some time, to be honest. So it, it was a welcome change and nice to get outside and get some fresh air and have fun with friends and just enjoy football for a little bit. It's, honestly, I... Uh, I've mentioned this before, you know, my group of lads stopped playing a long time ago. And the only outlet I've had recently is to play walking football with my father-in-law and, and his uh, over 50s crew, which, you know, it's it's I always feel very conscious when I'm playing because like the, the technical, I say technical, like I'm Martin Erdogan, but like the things that I can pull off that they can't like is obviously very different. And like if I'm like on the board, I'm just basically I'm just going to play this pass in here and I'm going to play this pass over here and just, you know, I can't be I scored. I'll be very honest. And I'm going to say this as humbly as I can. In the second session I got involved in, I scored an absolute banger. Like it was ball comes in from the left hand side, first time side foot from about 20 yards, 25 yards, straight across the keeper, bottom corner, no chance. Like it was a great goal. And all I could think of afterwards is like, no one's happy for me. They're all just really irritated that that's going on. You finally found your level. It's opposition that's 50 plus that's not allowed yeah. to run. 
that's my level all day long. That's where I thrive. That is, yeah, that absolutely. So uh, I know that everything's been a bit a lot heavy for you, and obviously you can disclose as much as, as you like, and I know that you will, but how how are how are things? Yeah, I mean it's a really difficult time right now, and um, I've had such wonderful notes from you know folks that listen to your show as well, Tom, and uh, and the squaddies as well, and I really appreciate the love. And I shared on it felt like right to share on the Gunas V Cancers Podathon that you know my mum's got a really tough journey ahead of her. I'm just diagnosed with cancer. I'm in Cyprus, uh, so my fitness regime, being around my Greek, my big fat Greek family, is like way, way off. The good news is, is that we're on an island, so I do try to escape to get a little bit of a swim, um, which is uh, lovely, um, and also just to clear my head a little bit. Um, you know, because, you know, Tony's back home too. And as you know, you know, she's been struggling with some major health issues too. So it's a comfort to come on here and to talk to you and to, you know, be around the Arsenal community right now. But uh, like you, you know, I'm I'm really kind of honest with the, my listeners and, um, and I get so many letters and so many DMs from people who are struggling and having a really hard time. And I think that, you know, um, they deserve to to kind of you know what's happening with me too um the show's a little bit kind of here and there and everywhere right now and i promise to try and balance that out a little bit better but yeah swimming for me less of this drink called zivania which apparently in the old days was used to clean war wounds um right. so, yeah i need to lay off that a little bit but other than that um, <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, you've been in the wars recently, Sophie, so you deserve it. Um, and uh, no, you've got the support of all of us here at TGT. And I know that the I've been, you know, I've been on at the the listeners, you know, if they wanted to reach out, they can. And I know that some of them, as you say, have, which is great to hear. And uh, yeah, you, you're getting lots of positive vibes. My, uh, the other half is going with her family to watch My Fat Greek Wedding 3 when it comes out. They've got that booked. Go on. Um, Go on, get in. It's like, yeah, it's like a become a tradition for their side of the family to, to watch that film and then go for a Greek, uh, either before <laughs> or after they've seen it. So that's that's what they're doing when that comes out. But uh, yeah, uh, it's, yeah, from my side of things, very, very normal to last week. I said I was like lacking motivation to train and that's still to some degree there. And obviously with the gains coming thick and fast, it makes it really difficult to, to do that. I did get out for an 18 on Wednesday before the game and that obviously gets you out and about and walking and stuff but I got to the third tee and then the heavens opened was not meant to rain at all didn't take any waterproofs was soaked ridiculously um but yeah I'm being able to get out and uh and obviously traveling around to Liverpool on the weekend and then we got the game this weekend and then Brentford next week and then I'll be in France the following week for the Lons game so it's it's all go um but uh yeah try try to eat better as well how do you do with the catering because that's what I find really hard when I'm on set and if I'm doing press and stuff too I just my willpower used to be so stealth but I crumbled a little bit as I've gotten older so last night, and I'm going to have to admit something now, which the listeners on the Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast will not appreciate. But uh, at the Emirates, they had they do they lay on a very good spread in the press room, and obviously it's it's free. And I always say to the missus, I was like, yes, I've got this plan, but there's that ancient rule of never pass up free food. Like you just can't do it, and so. It's certainly planned into our weeks, so and I know I'm going for a, a game that I'm going to get well fed. And 
they usually do a couple of options and it was it was beef stroganoff was the the main option which isn't the healthiest option to be fair because there's a lot of gravy and meat and stuff like that or i could have had fish with rice and veg so i went with a fish but the problem was is there was also a cheesecake afterwards <laughs> and now people who live in america and I'll tell, i remember telling jared this story when we were in chicago take the mick out of me because i say the best cheesecake i've ever had was from juniors in new york and like People will tell me that if you go to like the little bakeries in and where, and I remember the one I had actually in Chicago is that Oreo one we had in that bar, Jared, if you remember. What would you mm-hmm. know what it was called? The bar? I can't remember what it was called. Um, but we watched the Man United game um, in the Europa. It was, I think it was the Europa League game. And uh, it was the one, genuinely, the one I had last night was the best cheesecake since that Junior's cheesecake. And so I had another slice because <laughs> I was like, I will regret not having this again. So, yeah, but I had to. And you're you're only meant to take one. So, Arsenal, if anyone's listening, if Kate's listening, sorry. I can only apologise. I had to, all right? I'm really sorry. Um, But it was unreal. So, yeah, there you go. That's that's my admittance for the week. But uh, I'll be ruining plenty of running tomorrow to to run it off. That's for sure. Um, Does that answer your question, So, Oh, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And watch out for that email from Kate. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's coming. How dare you is how it's going to start. That's going to be the subject of the email. (laughs) Anyway, thank you, everyone, in the chat box. Really appreciate your time. As always, uh, do make sure you drop a like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and check out uh everybody that's been on the show of course mike uh who was on with us earlier on please make sure that you give him a follow at mike hurts fc and you can find his pods at uh another not another arsenal podcast uh and of course with the gunas pod as well of which you can also find mr jared jared thank you for your time mate as always tell people where they can find you mate yeah thanks for having me always a pleasure as you said you can find me with uh, mike and the boys over on the gunners pod and on twitter down below it's at jc underscore afc absolutely thank you mate really appreciate your time as always uh so it's such good time to see you back so good to see you back on the show and uh i know that we're all sending well wishes your way to you and yours uh, but thank you for taking the time to jump on we really appreciate it thanks guys good to see you and uh stay healthy everyone be safe and have a ball on sunday Yes, indeed. Uh, you can find Sophie's fantastic work along with Kevin Campbell, of course, at the Highbury Squads. Uh, so check it out. Go back and watch the show that was on just before us. So if you hopped over here from there, thank you, you guys. If you didn't hop over here from there, hop back over there from here and return the favour um, and go back and watch that. There's plenty of content all around as well. Uh, Sophie mentioned Harry did a really good video on Kai Havertz. Please go and watch that. Uh, there's a show coming out on Charles Watts' channel. I joined him earlier on today for a pre-records ahead of the derby. That's coming out tomorrow. Uh, and yeah, there's there's loads of other amazing places to watch content. So make sure you go and support all your, all your favourites. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow morning, bright and early at 8am. But thank you for listening. Drop a like, subscribe, leave a comment on anything we've discussed today that you've got your thoughts on. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.